Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. I can't tell if it was my favorite part of last night's post game or my least favorite part. But uh, did you guys see Anthony Edwards grabbing the printed out copy of the box score, sitting next to Jordan McLaughlin after uh, yes a nine point loss on TNT to the Suns and looking in. He just kind of stared at it for like 10 seconds. And he's yep. like, wow. Wow. Like You guys are all, he's talking about the bench. They played five guys off the bench. You guys were all in the positive. We were all in the negative, the starters. We got to fix that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a fair, a fair observation after the game last night. So I, I got home in time uh, to watch from the wild game, in time to watch the fourth quarter. And I was listening to it on the way home as well. Um, And here's what I would like, Bill Mackey. Here's what I'd like from you. Uh, Because I am seeing various, and I think this is the best way to put it objectively. I am seeing what I would consider to be various levels of panic. Some people are fully melting down. Some people are like upset, but I don't think they're in full meltdown mode yet. As the, as the, um, if nothing else, also, the CEO of Wolves Twitter, I would like Phil Mackey. It's difficult to be the CEO of both Wolves Twitter and Vikings Twitter. It's just, it's a, it's, they're, they're very heavy jobs. So I know, I just but want I mean, the you people can, to know how hard you're I young, work. you can shoulder that load. You're very, you're, you're very 2022 in your ability to multitask. I can spin a lot of plates, yeah. You can, exactly right. I would like your Red Panda. state of the Timberwolves right now. Okay. Um, Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm happy to, to do this, and I, I want to give some backdrop here. And I was. I, I'll admit, I was. Uh, I was out and about enjoying a fall night. I only saw the second half last night, but I feel like the second half is kind of all you really need. You saw everything you really needed to see about the Timberwolves this season happened in the second half, where the starters were kind of clunky and not really playing well off of each other, and then the backups come in and give you a jolt of energy and efficiency and. Anthony Edwards plays really well with the smaller lineup, and then they bring the bigger guys back in, and it you know it's every so like everything, all the themes I feel like kind of played out in the second half last night. Um, so I guess just before I give you my my thoughts here on some of the things that are maybe problematic or whatnot, there's two important notes for a backdrop here that I think all of us need to take uh, take note of. I guess number one is it's only been eight games. So as easy as it is to treat every sporting event like a football game and, oh, my God, let's 
Let's sprint in this direction with our thoughts. And then, oh, my God, they lost. Let's sprint back in this direction. There's some really good teams in the first two weeks that haven't figured it out yet. I mean, the Nuggets have gotten off to just a weird start. Um, the Warriors have lost a couple games that ordinarily they won't later in the year. Now, if I'm betting money, I think the Warriors will be fine come April and will be competing for a championship. So it's not fair to put them in the same sentence as the Timberwolves. But it's really hard to make a full judgment off of eight games for any team, even teams that have been together and have gelled and made playoff runs, let alone a team that's trying this experiment for the first time and didn't really get much preseason action with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. So that's the big backdrop here, which is I am, I definitely have thoughts and observations and things that look like red flags right now, but we need to give this still 15, 20, 25 games before we can really make full judgments. And the second backdrop point is that the Wolves have been one of the worst long-distance shooting teams in the league. So they're like bottom seven, bottom eight. Uh, last night, they were low, they shot like 38% from three last night. But there's a, there's a bunch of guys who are shooting way below their career averages from three-point range. And at some point, those are going to even out. And sometimes the NBA is about, did you make your threes? Like that loss against the Spurs a few nights ago, definitely some things to nitpick but they had one of the worst shooting performances in franchise history. If instead of going three for 20 or three, whatever the hell it was, three for 23, if they just go like seven for 23, they probably win the game. So, so those two things are just themes throughout the first two weeks. But the biggest problem that I see as the CEO of Timberwolves Twitter, D'Angelo Russell. And I've always, I've always been hard on D'Angelo Russell because I just think he's, he's just been this, sort of, uh, he's not very good. Like, he's always been this low percentage, volume scorer, not really willing to do the things that a great point guard should do, which is get everyone else going first and then look for your shot. He's supposed to be the glue that brings all this stuff together. Pick and roll glue, get the ball moving glue, and then, like, make your open shots glue, too. He's not doing any of those things in the first eight games of the year. So much so that last night, Jordan McLaughlin played as many minutes as he did. I think it was D'Lo 23 minutes, and then Jordan McLaughlin played 22 minutes. And uh, the team is a lot better when Jordan McLaughlin is on the court. And there's a reason why D'Lo got benched in the final five minutes of a decisive playoff game for Jordan McLaughlin. D'Lo is not that good. He's not one of the 15 best point guards or, or I guess, point men in the NBA. And if you want to do a deeper dive into, like, all right, pick and roll was supposed to be, all right, D'Lo is going to be a resurgence. He's going to be master of the pick and roll. He's going to build this chemistry with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns off pick and roll. D'Lo ranks 46th among, among ball handlers in the NBA, qualified ball handlers, 46th in pick and roll points per possession so far. He's been one of the worst pick and roll point guards in the NBA through the first eight games. And that's supposed to be the strength of this offense let alone the fact that he's not exactly a lockdown defender. Um, so I know people think I pick on D'Lo on this show. You're paying him a max contract, only one year left, to be the straw that stirs the drink, and he has shipwrecked this thing more than pretty much any player through the first eight games. Now, do you believe that he can bounce back? Is he going to start knocking down some shots? Yes. Like, can he get hot for a night? Can he get hot for a week? Yes. I don't know that he's the guy that's going to be consistently stirring this drink in the way that it needs to be stirred. Right. And I don't know that Jordan McLaughlin is like a 30 to 35 minutes per night guy, but I know that 
in the 15 to 20 minutes that he gets when he's healthy, everything is better. And so, like, that's the big thing. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Chris Finch is going to look at this thing from because we're dealing with egos, we're dealing with contracts, we're dealing with sort of, you know, backroom politics in the locker room. Um, I do think Jordan McLaughlin is popular among his teammates, but it's kind of a no turning back move if you were to go all in on that. Wow. So that's the yeah. bi- that's the biggest, most problematic thing that I see. There's a bunch of things to look at. I'm not right. just blaming D'Lo for everything, but he is supposed to be at the center of all of this, and he has shipwrecked it so far. So the in- interesting thing about that statement is this, too, because um, you're right, you know, to see if the puzzle, if you can get the puzzle to fit together, you know, 20 games is probably fair, right? But let's say it doesn't fit. Like, like the D'Lo piece d- uh, does not fit. You don't have a year to say, okay, you know what? Next year we're going to make a change. It's go- going to fit. Now, you might have to, uh, and I'm not saying that you wouldn't just resign yourself to the fact that he is a, at this point, or potentially a lame duck point guard, but I am saying this. There's not the patience to just, like, punt and, and be like, well, it's not working, and we really – so to your point, Phil, that creates a really potentially, after 20 to 25 games, interesting conundrum of what you pivot to. Because you don't like this whole Gobert trade was not built on you know what if it doesn't work this year maybe it'll work next year. There's some urgency to make it work. So like, what do you do if you get to a point twenty you know twenty five games in and it's just clear that this one piece especially is not going to work? What do you do at that point? Because I don't think it's an option to just say ah, it's not it's no. not going to work, but we're gonna we're gonna continue to force it. Well, that's but there's some good news in here. And again, yeah. it's going to involve bruising some egos and maybe ruffling some feathers. Yep. But old Macadac has spent way too much time looking at Timberwolves lineup combination stats over the oh, past yeah. few days. Kyle Tige and I went over these on Flagrant Howls the other day, too, just geeking out. And so if you look at the wool, and, and some of this is small sample size. I mean, we're talking about, like, I'm looking at three-man lineup combinations. So when... Ant and Gobert and Towns are on the court at the same time. And when, you know, when Jay, when uh, Nas Reed and Jalen Noel and whatever. So, and these are all, it's eight games. So these are all fairly small samples. But, you know, like, these guys have been on the court together for 40 minutes this season, 50 minutes, hour and a half. The Wolves' three best three-man lineup combinations all include Jordan McLaughlin. And this is an even smaller sample size alert. But if you look at five-man lineup combinations, the only lineup that's played a substantial amount of minutes together as a five-man unit is the starting unit. And that starting unit, which is obviously the uh, target centers, Jaden McDaniels, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards, is a minus six points per 100 possessions. So they are, they are a losing group of five when they're on the court so far this season together. Eight games. Like they, this is all part of the plan. Let's throw a starting five out there, see what happens in the first 10 or 15 games, adjust as needed. There's adjustments that will come, but that starting five is a minus six points per 100 possessions. Mm-hmm. If you swap out D'Angelo Russell for Jordan McLaughlin, that group of five has only played together for eight minutes, and so I caution you in using this. This is a small sample size, but that group of five is a plus 29 points per 100 possessions. I think that's going to level out if you if you played those five all the time. Right. But to me, like, the story here is Towns needs shots. 
Anthony Edwards needs to operate in space, needs shots. Rudy Gobert, you know, needs looks at the rim because he's super efficient. And so you need a point guard that can get this whole thing going and swirling and operating. And oftentimes D'Lo, the ball just kind of stops with him or he gets careless with it. Um, or in this case, he's, he's missing the shots that he takes. So the, the easy solution in the short term is not bench him entirely, but forget about his ego, forget about his contract, forget about you know that he was the second overall pick like seven years ago. The more effective, this was just a blind taste test, player A, player B. Who's more effective with, with his teammates? Jordan McLaughlin is more effective with his teammates. It's a very easy, all right, you're going to get uh, 25 minutes now. I don't know. I don't know that he needs 35 minutes, but like you're going to get 25 minutes and right. D'Lo's going to get like 22 minutes. And, and this is going to be kind of like last night. And this is going to be a regular thing. And the other piece of good news here, if I'm reading the tea leaves right here, that this is sort of setting up for a D'Lo exit. It's a contract year anyways for him. Expiring contracts, especially his, it's a $31 million expiring contract, are very valuable for teams looking to clear cap space next summer. So the Wolves are already kind of screwed. From, it's not like if they lose D'Lo, they don't get like $30 million in cap space because they're already so far over the cap. So you could trade that contract get something of value back in return, maybe a draft pick and another player that fits better, that contract is very tradable in the next three months. I'm just saying. So it, there, there are outs and options here if, if D'Lo was determined to just not be working and if he just couldn't get his act together. I asked Dane more about this when he joined Judd and I um, a few weeks back when uh, the season was about to start. And outside of, like, Luca, obviously Steph Curry, um, I know Chris Paul's on a decline, but still a, a very good point guard. To me, overpaying for point guards in the NBA just seems kind of foolish. And I'm not trying to say the position's irrelevant, because it's not irrelevant. It's a very important position. But paying $31 million for, honestly, an average point guard from a salary cap standpoint to me is really dumb. It, it doesn't make much of sense to me. If you can find yeah. someone like a Pat Bev who can, who can run it, you can find a Jordan McLaughlin who can run it. I think with the way the Timberwolves are set up, and honestly, for most teams in general, overpaying for point guards unless they're game-changing players like the guys I listed off the top isn't really necessary to me. And, and it's almost like we should almost take the word point guard and kind of put it aside in today's NBA and just call it like initiator, right. the initiator of the offense. And so D'Lo is the initiator of the offense, but he, when he's initiating and getting his own shots, he only shoots, he's shooting 39% this year, which is not that much lower than his career average. He's, even with his three-pointers, people are like, oh, he's a good three-point shooter. Not really. He's like a league average three-point shooter, but he takes a lot of threes. So you just, oh, he takes a lot of threes, so he must be a good three-point shooter. But I'm with Declan. Why, why are you – I get that, I get that when, you, when you, you know, brought him in, you were trying to get from one place to another. But this is kind of what we were talking about last year, which is, all right, you got to the playoffs. Now, it's, now you've graduated from being this bottom feeder team. How do you now go from we snuck into the playoffs as a 46-win team to – we're looking to win 50, 55, win a playoff series. Who among that initial group is still along for the ride? And it's usually not the same people. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of looked at him for a while now and said, I don't know that he is a guy that graduates to the next level with this team. And through the first eight games, he has proven me right. The fact that he can't even stay on the court. Dude, it's, it's TNT. You're going up against Chris Paul. And you effectively get benched for a guy that was a G League player like a year and a half ago. It's, I mean, it. What are we doing here? Yeah, and and um, even before 
Gobert to go back to the playoff game in which he got benched. I mean, that was a big deal. We we talked about it at, at the time. That was not like a small thing. You you had to bench him. He was playing that poorly. Um, I do think, to your point, Phil, that if you were going to make this move, which they might have to, I don't think you can keep him around. Like, I think that it would become a problem. Like, if, if you were to go go to him and say, hey, D'Lo, we love you, but Jordan McLaughlin, we're going to play him more and play you less and blah, blah, blah. I don't know that that works. So I do think that that, that you'd have to find a way to facilitate a trade um, fairly quickly and not have a guy like that being on the roster and disgruntled. But yeah, again, I come back to this. There's not a lot of time here to like play around and be like, well, it's working. It's not working. Now it's sort of working. Um, the expectation, I think internally too, which, which is the most important thing, the expectation is this is going to work. There's going to be a little bit of time to find out. But once that's passed, we're not going to get to um, January and be like, oh, it's still not, you know, wait till February. And so I think that's the difference here. We have had a lot of Wolves teams rightfully so, that have been crappy, but there's also just been this endless window of, well, let's wait and see, let's try this, let's try that. I feel like there's a definite expiration date here where if it's not working, there are actually going to be consequences. And if D'Lo has to pay the price, you know what? I think that's that's absolutely fine. In my opinion, though, you would have to move him. I would not want that guy in my room if, if he's disgruntled. Uh, I'll give you one more stat here, too, because I like, I like to back some of this stuff up with actual data, not just eye test, but of the of the 11 Timberwolves players, well, of the of the 10 Nate Knights on this list, but of the 10 players who've played, like, significant minutes, D'Lo has the lowest win shares per 48, which is just one of, like, a few different all-encompassing analytics you could look at. If you want to go off player efficiency rating, uh... He's one of the two or three worst on the team. So everything you look at, everything you look at, he's off to this atrocious start. Now, can he turn it around to some extent? Yes. But has he shown you at any point in his career that he's just going to bounce back and be this consistent force over the course of 80 games? No, he has not shown that. Uh, I will also, you know, I think sometimes I, I give Anthony Edwards a pass because he's 21 years old and, why are you so hard on Towns and D'Lo and not Anthony Edwards? Ah, because one guy just turned 21 years old and is still growing. The other guys are kind of finished products in the NBA. But um, last night after the game, he mentioned again that he was just kind of tired. That, oh, my, my energy just wasn't quite there. I was just kind of tired throughout the game. And this is a few days after he made that comment about just being bad on back-to-backs. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're 21 years old. Is there, and I don't mean to be flippant, but like, is there like a medically something wrong? Why are you, what are you, you're tired? It's the eighth game of the season. It's TNT. Charles Barkley's about to tee off on your ass if you don't play well here. So why is he talking about being tired? They didn't play two nights ago. It's not like a back to back. Oh, it's the fourth game on a West Coast road trip. Right. So I don't, I don't understand what's going on there, I guess. And I don't understand. He has two or three games. Last night he was okay, but these, you know, these three for 15, four for 17 shooting performances, too, that are still part of his game so far. We've seen the peak of him for two or three games, and it's excellent. Yes. But it's not, this is what people need to understand with D'Lo and Anthony Edwards, too. The NBA is not about what does your peak look like when you can bust it out once every five games. It's about can you bring something close to your peak? Every freaking night for a seven-month season. Yes. That's the skill. 
Kobe Bryant getting up at two o'clock in the morning to host to host two thousand jumpers, right? This it wasn't about oh my god, Kobe can drop forty. It's no, Kobe can do that every single night with consistency. Now that's what Anthony Edwards has to to get to at some point. You don't just get to be tired against the Suns in the eighth game of the season. That that's weird to me. I'm also not sure that Ant understands the the immediacy here right now because he started to fall back on, and he's done this before, and I appreciated it. But now I'm beginning to think that it's more just him trying to trying to say what what he thinks sounds right. We get a lot of we'll figure it out, we'll figure it out, we'll figure. Okay, that's great, dude. But you got to do it at some point in time, and like I've heard that I think three or four times from him this year alone. And yes, that's the right attitude to have if you are going to sincerely do that, right? But like last night, he looks at that sheet, and it was interesting because like his face tells a story, and he was like, "Oh my god, we were terrible," and he clearly didn't realize the magnitude of how terrible they they were until he yeah. saw, saw the stats. But then we quickly got the, cause I, I think, uh, I think there was a follow-up question pretty quickly of, Hey, if that's your reaction, what are you going to do? Uh, or how, how do you feel about it? And his response was, we'll figure it out. Okay. That's great. But that can't be your answer a month from now. Some of this is coaching too, though. Some of this is putting ant in. Now the, the being tired thing is not coaching, but the we'll figure it out stuff is, I don't think he's taking a shot at Finch, but it, ultimately it's up to Chris Finch to figure out, okay, wh- we've tried this, these lineup combinations for the first 10 games. Uh, these things are working. These things aren't working. Now we need to make some adjustments. And in fairness to Anthony Edwards, when you look at the best, again, three-man lineup combinations, he is part of two of them. Uh, him and Jordan McLaughlin, so the three best three-man lineup combinations for the Wolves, just net points, are uh, from three up to one. Ant, Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel. And think about that. That is two ferocious scoring wing players with a point guard that doesn't need to shoot but just wants to get those guys opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. And then uh, the next one is Anthony Edwards, Jordan McLaughlin, and then Torian Prince, who's off to Torian Prince is just off to a red hot shooting start. That's part of the reason why he pops up on these. And then the the number one three man lineup combination for the Wolves is Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, and Torian Prince. I think Prince Prince is just a good glue guy, and when he's making shots, he's going to be valuable in almost any lineup. But I'm looking at this early data and saying, boy, when uh, Anthony Edwards and Jordan McLaughlin play together, that's one of the best two man things you can put on the court if you're the Timberwolves. So do that more. It, it shouldn't just be like, oh, those guys, those guys link up for three minutes here, and then maybe those guys should just be on the court for 15, 20 minutes a night together if you can, if you can make it happen. Hmm? Uh, that's, that's intriguing, though, because that gets into a very murky then, hey, why aren't the guys we're paying playing? But to your point, your stat, these the stats back up the fact that they've not been good. I will say this, and you and you might be right. This might just start with the point guard. But when those five, when the starting five are out there together, and I saw this especially, I thought, in the first half of the game on Friday, there is clearly confusion about what roles should be. Yes. They're uh, not they're, moving at full speed. They're, they're, and Cat, I mean, Cat is, Cat was marvelous in that game against the Lakers in the fourth quarter. But Phil, in the first half, he didn't know what he should do. 
Mm-hmm. Like he's literally like looking around. He's not. I thought he was going to be comfortable shooting. He's not yet. So like he's trying to. Pe- he thinks that he he should basically be. It looks to me like this. Gobert's personal point guard. Like he is now. A lot of times, if he and Gobert are on the court together, Cat's first instinct is where is Rudy? It's not. Can I make a play here? Ant Ant is confused at times about, well, should I shoot? Should I pass? Uh, I think Gobert is still trying to play his, his role, but he sort of gets caught up then in this entire confusion. So my biggest thing is, and this is on Finch, we have to define th- these roles. And if that includes um, D'Lo not playing as much, then that's the route. Yeah. Here's one more. All right. This is, and again, it's eight games, but two man lineup combinations for the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards and Jordan McLaughlin, when they're on the court together, it's it's one of the three best pairings of any pairing you can make on the team so far this season. They've played 70, so they have played 70 minutes together. So they're averaging like 10 minutes per game together. So that's good. It's actually more than I thought. So Anthony Edwards and Jordan McLaughlin are a plus 25 points per 100 possessions. Net. So that includes offense and defense. Plus right. 25, okay? Yep. When Ant and D'Lo are on the court together, and it's been 184 minutes of that, it's a minus seven per 100 possessions. That's a 31, uh, sorry, a 32 point swing per 100 possessions when you swap out J Mac for D'Lo with Anthony Edwards. Uh-huh. Dude, like, what more evidence do you need? I, and it's 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 eight games, it's eight games, it's eight games. But is that trend going to reverse itself in the next eight games? Those guys should be playing together, man. You tell me. It's your job to tell me that. I am. I am the CEO, CEO of Vikings of Wolf, telling you that D'Lo Wolf, is fired. D'Lo is fired. Okay. <laughs> Defy it. So, um, by the way, our friends at Federated are helping us with these Timberwolves discussions. A guiding hand for our business, just like they have provided a guiding hand for over 100 years for other people's businesses at a very high level. They're all about risk management, tools and resources, and uh, maximizing the success of your business. That's how they measure their success at Federated is, is how successful is your business. You can find out who your marketing representative is at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Uh, also, we've got here a, uh, a merchandise shop open for the last 48 hours. It's going to be a limited run. I'm not sure how long we're going to keep it open, but scorenorth.com slash shop to get your purple daily themed hooded sweatshirts, Victory Monday, just one before I die, hoodies and tees, uh, some Scornorth hats and beanies and purple daily shirts and hoodies. So um, scornorth.com slash shop. If you want to maybe get out in front of that Christmas shopping, you know, that loved one in your life that really loves Judd on purple daily, really loves the sports dad. We should make a sports dad hoodie. We should. Just like, just like that Judd with two thumbs up. I like it. Yep. Sports dad. Sports dad approved. <laughs> a little bit of a slouch. Just a, just a little. Oh, God. Yeah. No, definite slouch. slouch. And, shuffle. and shuffle. And shuffle. I shuffle. Yes. I don't walk. I never pick up my damn feet. I don't know why. Crazy. I know. Do you, a... do you wind up shocking people in the winter when you touch, Sometimes. like, shake hands because you're dragging your feet? Sometimes. Or you shock yourself on a door handle? I have a lot of, and this is not my fault, design flaws. <laughs> I slouch, I shuffle. These are not things I decided to do. Design flaws. This is the this is the sports dad that God made himself. Exactly right. They're wrong. Yeah. That's 
It's not Mackie and Judd. This is the place where we just totally own our horrible predictions. Write this down. And eat them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Write that down. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. All right. Welcome in to the most innovative and potentially career-risking segment in all of sports media. The only show in America that actually puts statistics next to our predictions each and every week here. This is Write That Down with Mackie and Judd and Declan, who's leading every category across both Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily, the football edition. Uh, How do you feel going into the last two months? I mean, this would be an unprecedented quadruple crown of Write That Down if you could pull it off. Uh, yeah, I feel pretty good. You know, right right now from the end of the season, it's just more about squaring things up and making sure you're not chasing or trying to, you know, pull the ball a little bit too hard. You just you just want to square things up and, and put them in yeah. the right spots. And, you know, sometimes things will go long and sometimes you'll get outs. But uh, that, that's where I'm at right now. You want to stay within yourself, I think, is, yeah. the, there we go. is the key here. Play your game. Yeah. So here's how it works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners, if you want to participate, like Tim may or may not, we're having some trouble uh, connecting with Tim. But uh, you can send us a message through the Score North app, and then we'll get you hopefully scheduled sometime, if not this year, then early 2023. So less than two months to go in the 2022 Write That Down competition for prediction supremacy. And uh, this accountability session is presented by our friends over at Spiral Light, who are providing purple positivity candles for all of these purple victories we've witnessed so far this year. They absolutely are, because um, my friends at Spiral Light Candles, before the season started even, came up with the idea for a purple positivity candle. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's 6-1. and one, It's looking genius. The Spiral Light Candles, for, first of all, as they say, they burn spirally, but then there's a wick at the end that continues burning. In other words, folks, if you have these for a Vikings game, good or bad, they can be soothing, a great aroma as well. And if you are trying to find a gift or perhaps candles for Thanksgiving, guess what? Spiral light candles is the place to go. These candles are fantastic. There is a wide variety of them. How do you find them? It's this simple. SpiralLightCandles.com. SpiralLightCandles.com. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's get into the accountability session here. We'll start, as always, with our guy Judd. Rough week for you, Zolgad. A lot of red here. It's going south. You said the Gophers would not cover the 14 against Rutgers. No faith in the Gophers. Come on, Judd. Yep. No, I didn't. I felt they didn't deserve it. Why do you doubt the Gophers against bad opponents? They've been smoking all of, like, just not close games at all against the bad teams and can't do anything against the good teams. I realize that. Yeah, I know. I know. I was wrong. The Wolves will beat the Spurs and Lakers in their next two games, which they did, and Cat will score 30 or more in one of those games, which he didn't. Never should have doubled down on that one. You had it there. You had it. I know. I was a mistake. And then you said on October 28th, the Wolves will play the Lakers, and Pat Bev will get at least one technical foul for antagonizing someone with the Timberwolves. It was very kumbaya from Pat Bev. Like, he still, it's very clear, has an affinity for uh, this team. And so I was very disappointed. I thought it would be a little bit more, you know, Pat P against the Cardinals, right? Just a little more in your face. Not really. Felt like there was a lot of love between uh, Pat Bev and the Timberwolves. I give the fans credit because 
even though Pat Bev's been trying to make it like, oh, I don't like Chris Finch anymore. And, oh, the Wolves have soft players. He's been doing his Pat Bev thing in the media. Yeah. We see through it, okay? We know that you've been you've been harmed in your basketball life. And what the what the fans did with the standing ovation is they said, we still love you, Pat Bev. Yeah, and my God, is he on a bad team. We still love you, yeah. Got Although, hey, Russell Westbrook came off the bench the other night. Worked pretty well. They got a win. They doused Darvin Ham in water in the locker room after uh, their first God, win. That is so pathetic. A LeBron James <laughs> team poured water on its coach for its first win of the season. That's <laughs> hilarious. Okay, uh, I actually had a pretty decent week. We'll start with the bad here. I said the Wolves will start at least 5-2 and two on the season. Just ridiculous. Ridiculous that they couldn't start 5-2 and two with that. Not as soft of a schedule as maybe we thought, but come on. This is kind of a bad beat here. I said Jim Polat will give his approval about the front office in an interview sometime in October. So he did do an interview like two days ago with Charlie Walters in the... Pioneer Press. Mm-hmm. But I combed through all the quotes. There's it's nothing about the front office. It's just about Carlos Correa. Yes. And, okay, since we're on the subject here, this guy Uh-oh. is, is oh, there a more, like, barrels. just cardboard cutout owner in all of baseball? What does he do? Just sits there. Okay, so. Counts his money? Mm-hmm. Here's, the, here's the quote. Jim Polat is emphatic in his desire to have Carlos Correa back. I'm not sure if I'd use the word emphatic here, Shooter, but. Quote, I'm totally on board with him coming back. Definitely. Absolutely. I love the guy. He's a huge asset and a benefit to the team. But I don't know how it's going to go. It probably didn't work out exactly for him the way that he wanted it to last year, Polad said. So maybe it will this year. I don't know. Well, how much will it cost? Shooter asked. Quote, that's the issue. He's got an aggressive agent. And they're going to test the market. I don't know what it's going to yield for them. It's really too early to tell. Like, is there a less inspiring owner of a professional sports team? Well, the greatest part is he starts off with this really strong, you oh, know, definitely Carlos Correa, but he's going to want a lot of money, he, so I don't At the know. end, he essentially says, but he won't be back. Don't worry about it. Oh. No, there's not. And, and I have a feeling, because uh, Charlie definitely asked Polad about the team, right? I wonder if uh, Jim said, I don't really want to talk about that. Like, it's very weird that there's not a quote, to your point, uh, about yeah. the front office. Maybe maybe he has heard us ripping him for the A-plus. The last year, they finished in the last place, and he gave them in the, in literally the same time of year during the playoffs, same sh- shooter, right? And uh, he says, yeah. uh, the, it's an A-plus. Derek and Thatter, A-plus. Okay, well, wow. What about the front office for Atlanta? What's Alex Anthopoulos if if those guys are an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Anyhow. Um, okay. Uh, I said the Wolves would beat the Spurs and Ant would drop 30 or more points. That's like a first row in left field Joe Maurer home run. You guys helped me craft that as a home run. Yep. And then I said Jalen Noel will drop 20 points or more in a game before January 1st. And oh, with room, with room to spare. Absolutely. A couple months to spare. Listeners had one thing come off the board. Arturo said Justin Jefferson will score at least one touchdown in Arizona, which did not happen. And we'll finish the year with double-digit touchdowns. And then, Dex, you had two things come off the board. You said the Astros would win the World Series in five games or fewer. They cannot do that now mathematically. But you did say the Wild would pick up at least six points between last week and this week's Write That Down. They beat the buzzer last night. With a couple of points to get to exactly six points 
in the last week. So with that, Declan sitting at 436 with 14 home runs, leading in both categories. Judd at 348 with nine home runs. I'm at 305 with 12 home runs, trying to catch Declan in the home run category. Listeners at 301 with 11 home runs on the season. All-time, Judd leads with 248 career hits. Listeners lead with 30 career home runs. And I think we got our guy Tim in here. We do. So let's bring in the guest listener predictor. Good timing. Tim. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? What's up? What's going on, dude? Hanging out. It's early what, here uh, on the West Coast. It is, it is early on the West Coast. When did you become a Minnesota sports fan? I pretty much grew up Minnesota sports fan. I mean, I was born uh, in Minnesota, just outside of Minneapolis, and my family was uh, pretty much Minnesota sports fans all the way through. I mean, I went to both uh, parades for the Twins. Uh, you got uh, the North Stars. Unfortunately, they left, but uh, Neil Broughton, Dino Cicerelli. I mean, and every Sunday, Vikings games. That's what it was. Yeah, love I'm it, tearing man. up, Tim. I'm tearing up. Great <laughs> memories <laughs> flooding back. Yeah, go back to kind of the showing the my age. Era. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. I do every day. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to start with Tim. We're going to go around the room three times. The predictions must be quantifiable, and that's pretty much the only hard and fast rule here. So, Tim, you are this down. you are in the batter's box. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to start with a Vikings prediction. Uh, it's my mom's 80th birthday on Thanksgiving. Nice. So awesome. we're going to go with uh, a nice big turkey dinner, and then we're going to watch the Vikings. And Kirk Cousins is going to redeem himself on national TV. He's going to hit. 250-yard passing at least. Let me rephrase that. At least 250 yards passing and at least two touchdowns. And the Vikings and O'Connell will win that game against Belichick on Thanksgiving Day. All right. I think that's a, that qual- that's a three-item parlay that seems yep. to qualify for oh, yeah. a home run there. And that would be a, a nice little national TV game performance for all involved, including Kevin O'Connell. Write this down. All right, Judd. All right. I have seen enough now, the Big Ten West, and what it has to offer. So write this down. (laughs) That's not a whole lot. The Big Ten West champion will not go to the Rose Bowl. So so the Big Ten West champion, Illinois probably, is going to play Ohio State almost certainly in the Big Ten championship game. Ordinarily, you would expect that that team is defeated, and I think Ohio State's going to wax them absolutely, would then be, be taken by the Rose Bowl, which is not part of the playoff. But because the Big Ten West is such a joke, and because Michigan's a good team, the Rose Bowl will take Michigan off the record. Okay, This is where I hope to write that down. Karma gods come and strike Judd down. The Rose Bowl generally takes the second best team in the Big Ten not the team that comes out of the other division. And you have Michigan and Ohio State as top four teams in the country right now. Now, they could both make the college football playoff and then make it more likely that they go further down the ladder to grab a team. But right now, the the, the, whoever loses the Michigan-Ohio State game is more likely to be the Rose Bowl Bowl team. Unless they both make the, um, the national championship playoff. Which they both won't. We'll see. One will. So Big Ten a, West it's champion. It's kind of a bunt. It's kind of a bunt. You know what? I get it. You had a tough week. It's fine. Go to it's Tampa. Fine. No, it's fine. Go, go to Tampa Bay. Go to Detroit. Go wherever you want. Just don't go near <laughs> Pasadena because you're frauds. I would put Brett Bielema in the Rose Bowl. And see what happens. Down. See what happens up against Chip Kelly. Brett Bielema and Chip Kelly, UCLA and uh, Illinois in the Rose Bowl. No? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, Declan, our batting champion here. All right, I'll go with a uh, Wolves prediction here. Write this down. Anthony Edwards will drop 30 points between now and next week's Write That Down. Okay. So I think there's four games, three games uh, between now and next week's Write That Down. Regardless, by the time we do this again next week, Ant will have dropped 30 points in a game. Write it down. All right, you guys, a couple guys protect, protecting batting averages here. That's yep. fine. Yep. He already has three 30-point games. You know, like every other game, he's dropping 30. You're, you're lashing out a lot right now. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to You're lashing out a lot. You I'm know trying what? to Tim's uphold here. the integrity of writing that down. Tim's our guest. We invite him into our house, and you are lashing out at your family. Okay. I'm going to make a Wolves prediction that I think goes goes beyond just you know searching for a hit here. Okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is on this Jordan McLaughlin D'Lo conversation. Write this down. Jordan McLaughlin will play more total minutes for the Timberwolves this season than D'Angelo Russell. Now, right now, it's not particularly close. But this will either involve Jordan McLaughlin playing more. If they stay on the team together all year, it will mean Jordan McLaughlin essentially takes over for D'Lo. Or it will mean that they trade D'Lo. So write it down. They're going to do what's right, which is... Put the actual straw that stirs the drink in the drink instead of the guy that just knocks the drink over and spills it Write this down. every single night. So, okay, back to Tim here. All right. Uh, write this down. Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy, and at least one other Minnesota Wild will have more points at the end of the season than Kevin Fiala. Write that down. Okay. Is Fiala off to a hot start? What's his situation? He's, right now? he's, yeah. he's uh, I think, 11 points. And uh, I think Kaprizov has 12, maybe 13 after last night. Uh-huh. And uh, Boldy's at eight. And Zuccarella's probably the next guy. But Addison Zuccarella? could come on or, uh, yeah. Boldy? Right. Over to Zuccarella. Write it down. You like Magic writing Kaprizov? Uh, Judd, your second you prediction. Guys, you guys are so unfair. I mean, Valley Sports North, all they do is try and give us great content. Dude, do you guys see, uh, I know you see these. The highlight of Valley Sports North is Anthony LaPanta's food pictures on Twitter. Oh, easily. I don't know what his budget is at Kowalski's every single week, but he is literally cooking filet mignon and drinking, like, mid-to-top-shelf wine every night on Twitter. And And all I want is to just, I want at some point to be invited to Anthony LaPanta's house for dinner, like a Sunday dinner. Play. I just want to put that. I'm just going to throw that out into the universe. Or the Red wine. Red wine. <laughs> Let's get it. Write it down. A, you like writing things. There's down. a fighting chance that the Lapanta's food budget surpasses the value of my home. <laughs> there is a fighting chance the, of that. If, if the salivating pictures are any indication, um, that could be the case. Okay, Judge. All right. Your segment. I predicted this last year. It didn't happen, but I'm going to stay with it because I think it's going to take place this time around. As they were last year, the high-pressure Toronto Maple Leafs are off to a poor start again. Okay? So write this down. The Maple Leafs will fire their head coach, Sheldon Keefe, this season. In season. Okay. So, like, not at the end of the season. They are going to fire Sheldon Keefe at some point in season. They rebounded last year, made the playoffs, of course got ousted. Uh, but I think this time in that market, it's going to cost him his job. Right now, according to sportsbettingdime.com, for whatever that's worth, this is actually from a couple weeks ago, so it might be outdated. Uh, Sheldon Keefe is indeed the odds-on favorite to be fired, the first coach fired. His odds have probably Im- improved of being fired, too, since then. 
Where's Boods on here? Is Boods maybe the, maybe Boods was not part of the preseason favorites uh, he, to be fired? He probably wasn't, but he is now. Now he is, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see him on this list. Uh, Dave, Dave Hackstall with Seattle was second on this list. Oh, Hackstall. Doesn't That's your guy. Uh, Fiala, three goals, 13 points so far, by the way. Okay. Not, top, that's a pretty good start. Top five most intimidating guys I've ever interviewed in my entire life, Dave Haxtell. Not because, like, of who he is, just the way he looks. He's scary. He just He's he's a scary-looking guy. He's an old-school <laughs> hockey guy. I feel like most hockey coaches look terrifying. And 19-year-old Declan was maybe a little oh, shaking yeah. his little recorder as he was trying to interview Dave Haxtell in St. Cloud State. Really, so. if you're a hockey coach, because hockey's so random, like, the only few things you can do are just, like, change lines and try and spark something and look menacing so that players are scared yeah. to mess up. Like, sense. if you've got those yeah. two things down, you can stick around for at least two years as a hockey coach. If if your F-bomb game is not high, you suck That's as a coach. Yeah, you got to work on that. <laughs> right you got to have a good down. F-bomb game. Uh, D- I'll do a long play NHL prediction as well. Write this down. Marc-Andre Fleury will pass Patrick Waugh for second most wins of all time by the end of the wild season. So Marc-Andre Furry is the name of his Furry. cat, actually. Yeah. He's got a cat named Marc-Andre Furry. That's that. because the dog, yeah. Mark. That's no, bar, that would be Bark, bark Andre, Andre Fleury. Fleury. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, which is actually really cute. To, I love what a good doggy. Good boy. Uh, good boy. He needs 26 more wins to tie Patrick Waugh for second most all time. Well, As Phil a, gets choked up even thinking sorry. about that. That's a good question. Um, but Mark andre Fleury will pass Patrick Waugh by the end of the season for second most wins by an NHL goaltender. Okay. Write this down. Probably All zero. right. Uh, write this down. I'm going to make a Twins prediction here. Do we have a date on when the Twins' new branding comes out? Isn't nope. that happening in yeah. the next week or so? Uh, I think in a couple weeks. I think like the 17th, 18th. I'm spitballing, but like in okay. a couple weeks. All right. What is it? So write this down. When the Twins' new, and it includes its new uniforms and some new branding combined, but it's definitely new uniforms, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So when the Twins' new uniforms come out, I will run a Twitter poll at Phil Mackey with three options. The option, so the question will be, do you like the Twins' new uniforms or the Twins' new branding? And the answers will be, yes, I like, no, I don't. And the third will be, who cares, make the playoffs. And I am here to predict that, and this is the write that down, Dex. At least 50% of people on that poll will say, who cares, make the playoffs, instead of yes or no. Write it down. Okay. I think Uh, people couldn't give a hoot about. Of course they will. These uniforms. Yeah. So this is kind of a bunt, but it's, it's, a, bunt. it's, a, it's a creative bunt. It's a creative oh, bunt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take, take a bow. Take a bow for a creative <laughs> bunt. Yeah, that's just Write great. Uh, from, what I, from what I heard, there will be a – the official date is will be in November. More to come. That's what I got from a – That's I think what your le- sources are telling you. That's my sources are telling me. I think it leaked out yesterday, though, as far as the, as far as the uh, logo goes on Twitter – Really? Did it? Yeah. Um, somebody. So there's like a baseball southwestern themed uh, hats being sold now, and a Twins one got out, got taken down immediately. It's the TC, more like it was in the '60s. I'm just gonna. So I've had a Twitter Twitter search for Twins new logo. I just want to see here. Uh, one of the can, Twins. Can so you saw a picture of it. Uh, somebody who is uh, who is a diehard on Twins Twitter saw it and it got taken down, and they tweeted it out. And... Okay, here we go. Yes. So this isn't going to help the sorry YouTube audience. Maybe we can, uh, as Twins Zealot pointed out over his must follow account earlier yeah, tonight, is from Twins Almanac. 
He's got new era cap has almost certainly accidentally unveiled the Twins' new TC logo prematurely. So it's just okay. a it's just a T. It's the same logo. It's what what close, am I missing? Yeah. It's more like it, I think it's more like it was in the '60s, but it's it's not like completely distinctively different. Yeah, <laughs> no, it doesn't look different at all. But I'm good with that. I I don't want them to get cute, so I'm good with that. Don't get I want them cute. to win a playoff game? In fact, they Not should have me, to keep the merch. same exact uniforms until they win a playoff nah, game. You know what I am? I'm <laughs> Us kids, we want the merch. They shouldn't be allowed to wash their uniforms until they win a playoff You know what? Write this down. You know what? Protest by, by instead buying from our merch at ScoreNorth. ScoreNorth.com slash shop. ScoreNorth.com slash shop. For your Purple Daily-themed merchandise, including the Victory Monday. Here, let me find this here. There we go. Uh, Victory Monday hoodies and shirts. We've got the Before I Die. Just one Before I Die hoodies and shirts. Purple Daily-themed swag. Scornorth beanies and caps. That's scornorth.com slash shop. Okay, enough of the the, uh, (laughs) shameless plugging here. Let's get to Tim's third prediction. I was going to go with a Hackstall prediction, considering I went to the University of North Dakota and so did my mom. Okay. Or I should say my wife, sorry. Um, I'm going to change it up. I'm gonna, since you guys are having a big party at the, at the Washington uh, for the Washington game, I'm going to go with, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a good game. I think he's going to go back there. I think, he's, I think the Vikings will score three touchdowns. The defense will help him out and get at least two sacks. And Greg Joseph will not miss a field goal or an extra point. Now that's the okay. – Write that down. This is a home run. For sure. Absolutely, Especially yeah. with the, the Greg Joseph yeah. who's just rapid fire missing every game. Yeah, he's not doing well. But I, I think he's going to – he's got to turn it around or they'll they'll have to do something. Yeah, at some point, come on, guy. Let's let's make an extra point here. So, yeah. Tim, great work here. Great, lo- love you taking some swings here. Since you've got this life changing platform on Mackie and Judd right now, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that brought you to this peak moment? <laughs> well, I'd like to thank my wife for putting up with the, you know, emotional roller coaster of Minnesota sports. She comes with me. We travel a lot. We watch Minnesota sports. My mom and dad for bringing me up Minnesota sports. And uh, quick shout out to. Uh, my buddies, Steve-O and Georgie, who travel with us a lot, and their wives. They travel awesome, with us. Man. We go see Minnesota. And thanks to you guys. Man, I love you, I love you guys. I Thank started you. watching a couple years ago. Keep it up. Tim, thanks for finding us. Appreciate your, uh, your loyalty, and we'll definitely get you on again sometime, all right? Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate all it. All right, dude. That's Tim, so guest Tim. listener predictor. Great stuff here. Uh, Judd, before we get to this final round here, why don't you tell people why you're so skinny these days and how oh. you've been able to keep it off? Oh, that has, has come through the hard work. I was going to say magic. It's not ma- magic. The h- hard work of my friends who have helped me, Livia Weight Control Centers. And now the very important thing, as I said, weight control is not a diet. It's a plan that helps you drop the weight and, most importantly, keep the the weight off. If you join now, first eight weeks are free. Imagine all the weight that could come off in those first eight weeks. It's Base, it, it's free for the first eight weeks. And I want to challenge you right now, too, right? Because fall is here. It's, it's going to get cold outside. And a lot of people now retire to the couch and they're watching games. And that's all great. But you know what? 
imagine if you take this opportunity to uh, start to lose weight too, so that that by the time the football playoffs arrive, let's say you're down 25 pounds, you're going to feel great. It's this simple, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Take the opportunity now to drop those pounds, so by the time that we get to March, you're feeling great again, Livia.com. Write them down. It's like a like a personal contract with ourselves. All right, you're up. Third and final prediction, Judd. All right, third and, f- and final prediction. This guy got an assist last night. He did not get a goal, but I, but write this down. Marco Rossi will score his first NHL goal by the time we do this segment again next week. For context, there's only two games. Seattle Kraken, the hated Kraken on Thursday at the X, and then they start a road trip next Tuesday against the Kings. So Marco Rossi in one of those two games, will score his first NHL goal. Nice, nice. All right, uh, Dex, your third and final prediction. All right, I have that prediction, but I will, uh, I'm going to change it up. I will change it. To a hat trick. Marco Rossi will get a hat trick. I'm not going to do that one. But I will will give you a primetime parlay for football. I will give you another prime. I've I've been 0 for 2. I've gotten the first two legs of these, and I get burned on Monday night. So primetime parlay. Eagles beat the Texans tomorrow night. Uh, Chiefs beat the Titans on Sunday night football. And the Ravens beat the Saints on Monday Night Football. Okay. okay. Eagles right. win, Chiefs win, Ravens win. All right. You got you to get back on track with these primetime parlays I do. here. I do. These are good ways to rack up homers, too, because aren't we? These are, these are usually classified as home runs because yeah. you're predicting three NFL games. So, all right. Um, my final prediction is also an NFL prediction. Write this down. The San Francisco 49ers will come from behind and win the NFC West this season. Uh, I actually think the the Niners might be one of the two or three best teams in the NFC period by the time the season's over. Need to see a little bit more, but the Niners will come from behind and win the NFC West. Sorry, Rams, and sorry to the Seahawks. Write this down. So there it is. Those are our predictions for the week here. The only show in America that actually puts statistics next to our predictions. Mackie and Judd, please click subscribe on the Score North YouTube channel and also the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We are closing in on 50,000 combined subscribers between those two channels. Thanks to all of you. Appreciate you. And don't forget, this Sunday, Purple Daily, Surly Watch Party at first round over at Mall of America inside Nickelodeon Universe. We're going to be there for the entire game, hanging out. We're going to meet as many of you as possible, and we're going to do a live edition of Vikings Ventline um, on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. So, Please come and say hi and cheers a Surly, and we're excited to see you all at first round inside Mall of America on Sunday. We'll see you tomorrow for Reckless Speculation Thursday on Mackie and Judd.